Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, December 16th, and it's time for a little emergency podcast because <laughs> I can't believe uh, I can't believe it happened this quickly or I can't believe it took this long. I'm not sure what the answer is, but Urban Meyer was fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the middle of the night on Wednesday leading into week 15. So if you had 18 months as your over-under, Ryan Wilson, yeah, and you took the over, yeah, loser, loser. If you had 15 weeks as your over-under and you took the under, you're a winner. Either way, Urban Meyer doesn't even make it one full season by the Jaguars. Was uh, What was the uh, – a couple questions, but first, what was your favorite moment of the Urban Meyer tenure in Jacksonville? It, it might have been the one that ultimately got him got him fired. The, Kicking the uh, The Josh Lambeau report from Rick Stroud. Uh, the Tampa Bay beat reporter that came out uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, something that happened four months ago, by the way. And I would imagine, based on the reporting from Stroud, Jacksonville Jaguars legal department knew about it because Lambeau's agent, according to the Stroud story, reached out to them. So this Correct. is back in August. So they knew about it, which means Chad Khan almost certainly knew about it. And look, I get that you didn't fire Urban Meyer in, in August, even though there were, you know, all you saw were red flags when you looked in his direction. You can't fire him in August. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> but I mean, the nerve of any grown man or woman, any human being to think that you can walk up to someone and kick them and be like, I can do whatever I want to do. And you can't talk back to me. I don't even know where to start with that. I, I mean, that is crazy town. That's someone who's gone through their whole adult life, having success as a football coach and not being held to account for anything else in the rest of their lives. And that played out each and every week uh, in this Jacksonville tenure. Started with hiring the strength and conditioning coach who had made racist remarks in Iowa, uh, then having to subsequently fire him. It started with bringing in Tim Tebow for no reason. Gardner Minshew. Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew splitting reps for no freaking reason. The, Uh, uh, you know, Cincinnati thing. The lap dance from someone that's not your wife. And look, I don't even care if you're if your family's okay with you doing those sorts of things. I don't care. But you're the head coach of an NFL football team, number one. And number two, you didn't even travel back to Jacksonville with your team on the plane because you went to the your restaurant that you owned to have some woman. Right. Rich, rich adult male stepping out of his wife is far less offensive than uh I mean and, not far less offensive, but like far less it is far more common than head football coach not traveling back with teams yeah. so he can go and to And by restaurant. the way, even if if their marriage is one where they don't care about those sorts of things, that's fine too. I don't care about that. But the per, but the perception as the as the football coach or the or the ball coach as he referred to himself when he was kicking Josh Lambeau. The head ball coach. Is oh my God. And then finally of course the the reports that he was call, calling all his his subordinates losers, the subordinates he hired by the way, and then finally the Lambeau thing. Literally one thing after the next, the way he acts in those press conferences, the handshakes with, with head coaches at midfield, Mike, Mike Frable is former. I mean, it, this is a lifetime's worth of <laughs> stupidity shrunken into about a nine to 10 week period. And, and just one more thing. It, 
if you want to sort of compare how idiotic this man has been with how a football coach should act, go read Mike Tomlin's comments on how he dealt with Chase Claypool and the young players, Dante Johnson, Pat Frymuth, and they will blow you away, number one, in terms of what it means to be a leader and, and help young folks sort of work their way through this journey, not just as football players, but as men. And then look at Urban Meyer, who literally blamed everyone for everything but himself. The let's not forget that um, I think it was, was it Andre Cisco the the defense that that's kind of a, a sneaky one the first round safety from Syracuse <laughs> second asked, round safety sorry he's asked about his playing time said oh yeah he's getting a lot more playing time lately he didn't play any snaps that day and Jason Lockenfor has been reporting this for some time Urban Meyer will lie at you just as soon as look at you. So he's he's, lying he's, about- a, he's a compulsive liar and a narcissist. I love it. and then and then the best part is and look, I mean, hey, you know what? Screw Brady. Brady's like people defend this guy. People oh, actively boy. defend this guy. It's like, do you not get it? Like, I don't care if you know him. I don't care if you're related to him. This what's guy the, is a um, textbook narcissist. And what's a the defense? Liar. What's, the, what's the defense? That the media was out uh, out to get him from the Jump Street. That the media yeah. always wanted him to do poorly, and that's not wrong. That is not wrong. But here, here's how we got to that point. Now, listen. Um, you talk to folks in the media, they actually like Adam Gase as a person. They said he's a generally a good dude, but he just struggled as a head coach. And by the end, maybe they were out to get him. And just because he wasn't winning football games, Urban Meyer, you could argue, brought almost all of this on himself. And when people that work for you are running to the media to leak every single stupid thing that you do four months into the season, your first season, I mean, point me to another team where that's happening. Even no. the dysfunctional. Who in the Lions is calling out Dan Campbell? No one. Who's calling out David Culley in Houston? No one. And those teams aren't exactly winning a lot of football games right now. Who? I mean, where? I mean, where does Urban? We've done this for a decade plus. The worst. Show it me is, the worst. Right? It is the worst hire we've ever seen. I, big, I think it is. The big winner today for doing winners and looters, Bobby Petrino. He is no longer the worst NFL hire. He went three and ten, I think, before he got in that motorcycle accident with his, the woman that wasn't his wife and had to wear the neck brace and his face was all scratched up. Are we doing just college hires? I'm talking about like all time hires. Like, all this time. Is, yeah. Like because what's, I mean, what's third? Like I don't even know what's third. Like what's I mean, close? Kitchens is pretty bad. Freddie Kitchens is Don Shula compared to Urban Meyer. Freddie I mean, Kitchens is still in the league. He was an offensive coordinator. Called plays a couple weeks ago. And Freddie Kitchens had no experience doing this. Like that's the crazy part is Urban Meyer won multiple national championships at Florida, won another national championship at Ohio State, went undefeated in his first season at Ohio State, has had untold success at every step of of his life coaching football, and it couldn't deal with the sort of basic parameters of an NFL coaching job. You want a sad is, you want a sad fact? Yeah. Urban Meyer has more national titles in college football than NFL wins. Three that to is two. A sad fact. I mean Nick Saban is a winner here. Bobby Petrino. Here's uh, the thing Chip about Nick Kelly. Saban. Any NFL, any any college coach who went to the NFL now it's like the when they point to when they point to the worst college hire of all time, it's Urban and it's not close. Not close. Here's he the thing a about six year $54 million contract. Yeah, uh, remind me to talk about that in a second. But I, I want to talk about you mentioned um, Chip Kelly and and Nick Saban. Nick Saban actually went fifteen and seventeen, and maybe things are different if he gets Drew Brees instead of uh, Dante Culpepper. And also, by all accounts, and when you talk to his players at Alabama, they love Nick Saban because Nick Saban cares about them. And, and there's something to be said for that. There's also, and you know, the, I think let's see, Bill O'Brien did pretty well as an NFL coach. Things ended weirdly for him. 
maybe through no fault, not not all entirely his fault. The, the I, don't, I, don't, stuff. I don't treat Bill O'Brien as a college coach. He was NFL first. That's when true. College came back. Um, Jim Harbaugh is a great example. He's probably the 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 bellwether. Uh, Matt Rule struggling. Chip Kelly actually. Yeah, Matt Rule is a big winner in all of this. Uh, Chip Kelly, do you know what his career NFL record was? I thought Chip Kelly went to the playoffs. Debo tells me that's false. Um, I mean, I guess it's a winning record. Well, if you count the 49ers, probably it's probably 500. Probably, it might be even 500. It's 26 and 21. But the way things ended in the LaShawn McCoy allegations and just sort of the, the things going sideways after the first year or so, it, it sort of taints it. <laughs> seems like a seems like a nice, open, easy highway. And by the way, fire. Steve Spurrier went 12 and 20, and that was in one sense in terms of not knowing what was going on, not taking the job too seriously, feeling like you should only work eight hours a day. That was sort of Steve Spurrier's uh, folksy old ball coach sort of. You got that from Urban Meyer. But the way Urban, like, Urban Meyer's answered every press conference about things that were wrong with the team, I don't know. The offensive line sucks. Yeah, it's not really my job to uh to manage the snaps of the players and the team. Like, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's that's your whole job. Like, he is number one. The and I I'm gonna go on a limb and say this, a very thick limb, by the way. I don't think there will ever be a worse NFL head coach in human history than Urban Meyer. I'm letting it breathe. It's I, a great take. And it, but now when we when we when you say that, and I don't even disagree per se. And we haven't even mentioned Matt Patricia. Wow, you think, but you have to factor in the expectations brought on by the person who hired them and by the person's previous resume. That's right. Like Matt like Patricia, you like, get. Like Matt Patricia sucked. Okay, another Belichick limb falls to the ground and crack and like breaks in half. Big deal. Let's move but on. We get it. I understand why you hired him in the first place. You had expectations that didn't work out. Urban Meyer had no NFL experience. Um, by all accounts, was a butthole in his previous stops, but he won in college. And some of that, I mean, he won at Bowling Green. He won at Utah when he, he didn't went have 187 and 32 in his career in college. That is insane. 187 and 32. Yeah. Oh, oh, 187 dash 32. Yeah. Not 100 dash 87 dash 32. He tied 32 games. <laughs> tied 32 guys. Amazing. And by the way, worth noting, he did that at Utah and Bowling Green to start where you don't have the recruiting advantage. So he was doing something. He right. lost one. He lost two games at Utah. Two. Six of his losses were at Bowling Green. He lost 15 games at Florida in six years. Florida in the SEC. It, and, he won two national titles. He lost in seven years at Ohio State. Do you know how many games he lost? You can't do the math that quickly. So I'll, I'll guess. Yeah, tell me. Nine. And I get that his supporters are like, look, people are out to get him. But there's a reason he got suspended at Ohio State. There's a reason he left Florida after all those things started happening off the field. Uh, and, and, you know, with, the, with those issues down there. And I'm not saying he's the only college coach that's guilty of that stuff. But it's not like he's squeaky clean. And, you know, we made fun of Brian Kelly for having a Southern accent. Brian Kelly is an angel. Uh, Brian Basically, Kelly, also a big winner in the Urban Meyer field. <laughs> Brian Kelly, big winner. And so. Talking about I, something else. It is. This is. I, I don't know anything as crazy as this. Is this crazier than Antonio Brown's escapades getting out of the, the Raiders a few years ago? Mm, Maybe uh, not. Uh, I is mean, that, the whole no, Urban Meyer, like Urban Meyer totality. Yes. Because it's a head coach. At least, at least Antonio Brown is like it's a player who's in a, in a you know a known uh, mentally unstable player, right? Hall of Fame type player. Yeah, I mean, this here's is a, here's the thing with Urban Meyer. Coach. If Urban Meyer was a special teams player in the NFL and he got caught getting a lap dance uh, on the bye week, he'd have been cut. 
if he was a special teams player that got caught calling all his teammates losers, he'd have gotten cut. And obviously, yeah, he's cut if he does that. He's getting beat up. Like, hey, listen, losers. I want to hear. I want to hear what the, it, 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 it to fire a first year high profile, first time NFL head coach who, again, has won multiple national titles at college, who had retired to do uh, pregame and pregame of BQ to come back into the to come to come to the NFL for the first time required like a ton of from the Jaguars. Shad Khan had to give him total control of the building, had to give him total control of the roster, had to give him, had to tell him, you got the number one pick, you got tons of cap space, and had to just say, listen, here's $50 million to do this. And he fired him before week 15 of his first year. And all the stuff that we talked about earlier is jam-packed into like, I mean, <laughs> what, like? And Khan didn't want to fire him. And Khan didn't want to fire him, no. I think, because it 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 reflects on him. Yes, uh, and it's expensive. Huge, make it, well, I don't. Uh, we'll see how expensive it is. I we don't. I don't know if we'll see. I, I I have wonder. I have questions about that. But something else worth noting. And Mike Floyer wrote about this in Pro Football Talk, and, and also, which is sort of telling, no other NFL team, according to Florio, had any interest in Flo, in uh, Urban Meyer at all as a head coach. None. Now maybe there's some some gray area in that. But I didn't see anyone sniffing around asking to interview Urban Meyer. And I would, for, for knowing what we know, I would imagine that's true given the, how the hires played out. So Khan was basically bidding against himself, hired this guy, and he got exactly what everyone, I don't think there were a lot of people that came out and said, oh, this is going to work out. No. And, uh, you know, my, my only regret about this whole thing is I wasn't pounding the table harder for how big of a disaster this would be and how bad it would crash. That's why like, I was early on. It's like 18 months is, way, is the max. They're going to lose a ton of games. Sure. And he ain't going to be able to handle it. And he hasn't been able to handle it. I didn't have any any inkling of all the other nonsense that was going going to happen. Right. I mean, I still, I mean, like, I don't think anybody could have predicted that all of this would unfold. I guarantee you people that are close to Urban and a realist understood that this could be a possibility. I think think his family knew? Nah. I just mean, like, people that work, like, in the coaching community that probably work with him and said, oh, boy. Like, Mike Vrabel, for example, he probably isn't surprised about how this sort of went down. (laughs) By the way, the, um, uh, okay. I was gonna say that the, like the like the stuff that all the stuff that went down, condensed into six months is just. I mean you, I mean you do a thirty for thirty on it. It's crazy how all of this stuff happened. And, a- oh, and numerous college coaching jobs opened up while Urban was like under fire, including the Notre Dame job, which he has long coveted. He picked Florida over Notre Dame back in two thousand five, I believe, and. So he would have had an opportunity to bolt. In Do we know that Notre Dame would have been interested in that? But that's my whole point. I don't think those colleges, I don't think LSU was interested. I don't think Oklahoma was interested. I don't think Notre Dame was interested. I don't think anybody wanted to deal with Urban Meyer. I mean, this guy is a... I'm going to reach out to my sources right now as we talk talk about Notre Dame sources. <laughs> I, I, if, he, if Notre Dame had been interested, Urban would have bolted. That, that was the only job where he could get out from under this Jaguars thing with everybody being like, all right, like that's okay. Notre Dame, at least you did that. Maybe, maybe he was like, I, I can't go to Notre Dame. This, like, I'm, I'm done. Maybe he's done with coaching. I don't, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I, I've been thinking about that. Like, he ain't coaching in the NFL because that just ain't happening. <laughs> no, he's probably not coaching in a power five school. He may have to go like FCS or maybe, uh, I think he's just done. Or, uh, what's, I always forget what it's called. What's it called outside the power five? The, the group of five. Is that what it's called? Chief, yeah, group of five. But that's yeah, still, that's still FBS. No, I understand, but like a smaller, you know, like a, a Utah State, for example. I'm not saying they're going to hire him, but that that sort Bowling of program, Green, if you will. Are they D one? Yeah, 
Okay, I can't. I can't keep up. There's like 350 D1 schools. Yeah, so that may be an option Utah. for him. Yeah. Right, Utah is Utah is P5 now. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're and they're, and they're good. Bowling Green, Bowling Green would be a G5 school. But you know, I think something below Power Five, Group of Five. If he wanted to restart, maybe FCS. He's not, he's not doing that. Here's the other thing: like you or I, even though you do have, he, he had been retired since 2018. But I mean, so you know, you or I or Breach or Debo, even though you have narcissistic tendencies, thank you. Uh, on some level, you're not Urban Meyer. Don't get me wrong. Um, you would be like, you know what? I've been punched in the nuts like a thousand times every day for the last 11 months. I'm just going to lay low, go to my lake house and enjoy the peace and quiet. Narcissists are the other way. Mm. Like They're like, you know what? I'm just going to keep trudging ahead. This, none of this is my fault. So I'll get a job and I'll go do it. And there'll be, a t- I would imagine there'll be a school president somewhere that would want the, uh, the Urban Meyer name there to help turn around the program. And he probably would turn the program around and you're willing to put up with that. I, I don't think Urban. I don't think Urban will do that. Urban's not going to take Urban again. Now, as you note, I do have some narcissistic qualities. Uh, narcissists not not hugely into uh, going taking like you, you he, take responsibility for things though. Oh, that's very kind of you, Wilson. Um, he he's not going somewhere, and he's not trying to rebuild his whole career. He's he's wealthy beyond imagination. He, I guess, I mean. It's, He's gonna he's gonna pop back up on a broadcast next year in the fall. That's what he's gonna do. Uh, so I'm trying to think. Are there examples of of guys who have been sort of shunned in in their line of work that end up on network like relatively quickly? Is there an example? I'm trying to think. It feels like it's easier to do that than it is to to be. A <laughs> well, there are no clear cut examples of guys who were on uh, prominent pregame uh, college football shows. Left them to go coach in the NFL. Named no, out within six months after multiple on and off field scandals, and only to return back to the field. No, there are not many examples of that. So Fair it enough. is it is tough. It is a small pool to pull from. Yeah, I was just trying to think if that's a possibility if someone would hire well, like Rex Ryan, Chip Kelly. The examples I think of where like disastrous endings to the coaching portion. Wait, what was Rex Ryan's disastrous ending? It's the Bills lost. Well, I mean, not. I mean. Yeah, I mean, not, 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 I mean, that, there's no example like Urban. And I mean, the only thing that Rex Ryan did was he had the, the tattoo in his wife's feet, which I don't care about. That was the previous job, too. It was what? Those are the Jets, too. Yeah, no one cared about that. They thought I'm, it was, I'm just saying that, like, it's not, it is, it is not unheard of to have a football coach flame out, a prominent, prominent, you know, headline type football coach flame out and then go on TV again and not be grilled about what happened at their. That's uncommon. Uncommon is what you're saying. No, it's 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 not it's not uncommon. Oh, but I don't know what the example. Rex Ryan doesn't count. He's not an example of that. Well, there there is no matching example to what happened with no. Urban Meyer. And I will say this, in all honesty, because I didn't care about Urban Meyer, the college coach, because I didn't follow Florida, Ohio State, and obviously Utah, Bully Green, when he was there. I just know he won and a lot of weird goings on. But you can say that about a lot of college football programs. He was really good on the Fox Free Game Show, like really good. And I actually watched it and actually learned stuff, which is seldom a, a thing I say watching sort of football on television, like the the shows and stuff. And um, I thought he he did a good job. I thought it was dumb that he was leaving. But uh, again, you know, if you're he not should have never left game. Fox for for Jacksonville. That was, I mean, <laughs> that hindsight twenty twenty, obviously. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, he shouldn't have left. I agree with that. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yes, that seems. I guess that's not a not a hot take person. <laughs> should have not taken the Jacksonville job. Hey, uh, Urban, I would recommend you don't kick the kicker. Yeah, just a thought. 
Throw I mean, your way. Throwing that out there. Also, on the kicking the kicker thing, and we'll, we'll get to a break in a second here, but the kicking, like, not only is that a, and I love that that was the straw that broke the camel's back. If that had been like a defensive lineman and he did that, I mean, you know, in 2021, if that was a, let's say it's a black defensive lineman and he kicked him, like this, this thing escalates a little bit further. Also, the, the defensive lineman probably kicks his ass. Yeah, come on now. I'm just saying that like, it's, it's because it's because it's the kicker. I feel like people, there are a lot of people who didn't take it ser- ser- like as seriously as it should be taken. It's a, it's kicking an employee at your workplace. And here's my main beef with it. Do you know how stupid it is? Like from a coaching standpoint to kick your kicker's kicking leg in a pregame warmup? Like what, what if he, what if he falls down and he pulls a hamstring and you can't kick any field goals or do kickoffs or kick extra points because you, because you're the head ball coach and you're kicking somebody like, what, what are we I'll doing? I'll tell you this and we'll go to break after this. If he pull, if Josh Lambeau, he kicked him and tore his hamstring, Josh Lambeau would kick his ass with his good leg. I guarantee you that's what would have happened. I mean, it's just on, it doesn't make sense on any level. It, no. it is absolutely bonkers. And again, it points to someone who has never been told they can't do something and they think they, they're infallible. And and at the end of the day, you're the biggest problem with literally everything that's gone sideways in that organization. Remember a, a little sneaky one too. Remember when, um, gosh, this was probably two months into his tenure, and uh, and he's like complaining about how free, he's like, I don't like this free agency business. This is just crazy. It's like, bro, you you've made a mistake if you think like I mean I don't know what to tell you. This is how you acquire players in, in the NFL. It's, All right, it's not. It's crazy. Let's take a break. And when we come back, is there an alumni who might be a perfect fit at the Jacksonville Jaguars job? We'll tell you next. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. So, <laughs> hey, before we do this, I want I want to mention one thing. My, my uh, neighbor at the bus stop is a contracts lawyer, so I was asking him. Oh, uh, we we're we we're still podcasting. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, I thought you yeah. were like I thought you were I thought you were taking us down a no. I gotta go check. Record. No. I gotta go check my mail real quick. My no, neighbor, uh, my neighbor's Urban Meyer's cousin, and he told so he's me. he's a contracts lawyer, and I was asking him about this earlier, um, this morning at the bus stop. You, after you at the bus stop talking about this. Oh yeah, like they're that one. My other neighbor is a Bills fan, and the the other neighbor it follows football. So do you do you walk to your bus stop? And I mean, I, I get it. Same same. I mean, same thing here. But I mean, people are like, hey, so uh, what's what's the deal with uh like you like you better be on top of the news when you when you're around your neighbor. Oh, you wearing- no, they're cool, and we actually know each other. Like you know, we we'll hang out at the barbecue. But no, my question is, are you wearing your Pick Six podcast hoodie when you go out there? <laughs> no, of course not. Although I do wear the exact same sweatpants every morning. Like I'm hiding nothing about because I'm going to come home yeah. and. Lounge around, but I said, "Listen, so as a contract lawyer, and Urban has this six years, sixty minutes, whatever the the numbers were, 
and he's only he's only 11 months into it. Uh, and, you know, you had talked about this, about the John Gruden stuff. And he said, typically you you settle because as the the person doing the firing, you don't want to have to spend all this time in court. And what happens is, and, and this is probably why John Gruden had a lot of leverage, uh, the discovery process, you can ask for all the emails that are supposedly hidden and that got you fired if you're John Gruden. But he said one thing to consider is that, you know, uh, you can fire someone for cause, which is something that, that Florio has talked about uh, in recent months. And for cause could be anything like getting lap dance free at your wife. Kicking an employee is obviously something you can't do. Um, and it, it may be hard to defend that, but you could also say, well, I didn't see – no one saw Josh Lambeau get, get kicked, which Correct. I don't I, – right. I think that someone may have seen it. Like I would imagine people might be willing to come forward and say so. But he said I would imagine there will be some settlement, but it, it might be a little tougher for, for Urban Meyer to collect a, a, the percentage of what probably John Gruden got on his deal. Yeah, I think that's that's an accurate – as a one – as a formerly uh, certified paralegal and the son of an attorney, I would agree with your actual attorney's assessment of the situation. <laughs> That no, I mean, like in all seriousness, I, I I do agree. I think Gruden Gruden's leverage on the discovery was have they actually? I don't think Gruden hadn't settled, has he? I think he still. I don't. In, I don't know anything about that. But Gruden did say, I believe, at one point that he was willing to name names, and that probably well, Gruden Gruden has gotten. I think Gruden has settled with the Raiders. To Gruden is now suing the NFL and Roger Goodell. And here's the and, other difference between John Gruden and Urban Meyer. By all accounts, people like John Gruden. His players didn't, you know, like them. And he just said some stupid stuff over over the internet, which he yeah. didn't he didn't seem to to believe those things in real life. Like I don't know the man, so I have no sense of it. But Urban Meyer, what you saw is what you got with that with that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I'll let you. I mean, I, it, John Gruden stood up and said, "Like, look, I'm not a racist." And he, I mean, he just seems like a. He said some horrible stuff. Said but, some horrible stuff. Yeah. No, don't get. Don't but get but, but I agree. Like he, I don't think he hates his hated his players because of their race, and I think that his players were like liked and him. That, like Tim Brown supported him. The players in the roster supported him now. So there's you know there's something to that. Whereas, yeah. how many Jaguars players have you seen come out in support of Urban Meyer? How many people on on earth have you seen come out in support of Urban Meyer? By the way, I got an update from a Notre Dame. So oh, you hear what he said. So I texted yeah. him and I said, "Do you have any sense if Notre Dame was interested in Urban after Kelly left?" And he said, so "Just the a laughing cat emoji or something." <laughs> <laughs> the word in the street is that, uh, and this is just uh, you know, take it for what it's worth, is that Urban reached out to them, but Notre Dame knew they couldn't touch him given all the baggage, and, and they declined to include him in, in the process. There you go. I, that's what I'm saying. That, that that again, that makes total sense. That Urban was like, that's even better. It's not even that, like, it's not even that Notre Dame, he's like, oh, God, please let Notre Dame call me. He is like, you got to call Notre Dame. We need that to be my out of Jacksonville. He's been trying to get out of, he's been trying to get out of Jacksonville for three months, minimum, maybe six months. Like, you don't act like he did post game. Somebody said, somebody was ripping his offensive line and ripping his, like, uh, you know, coaching breakdown of the offensive line, supporting the offensive line. A reporter in the press conference to his face, and his only response was, "Yeah, like this dude wanted out. He was acting like George Costanza, just without the trophies and without the personality." No, but I mean, you know, he's like he's like rubbing strawberries on Babe Ruth's jersey, like trying to get like, come on, Steinbrenner, fire me, you son no, of a no, gun. No, no, I'm saying George Costanza can't. George Costanza is much more personable than Urban Meyer has been over the last four or five, yeah. six months, or whatever. 
I mean, that pouty handshake with Vrabel in midfield, I don't want to make too much of it, but <laughs> it just finished to die. it's I'm like someone took your ice cream cone and threw it against the wall and you're sitting there pouting like a little baby. Go buy a new but, ice cream cone. But then, and then he like, he gets the handshake happens. And, and I always, this is how I sort of interpreted it too, was he then looks up and realizes for the, I mean, what, how many, how many games do you coach? Uh, a lot, two and 11, I think. So, uh, so for the 13th time, 15th time, if you count the preseason, that no one else on the field knows him or likes him or wants to shake his hand or wants to see him. So it's like, he's just wandering around by himself post game with no one. Cause you know what I mean? Like the NFL, you always see these guys, like they do the handshake at midfield, the quarterback shake hands, the coaches shake hands. And then these guys who have played football with each other at different levels and know each other from games they played with against, et cetera, are all going around shaking hands, high five and, you know, and all that. And urban has no one to talk to. No, and all by his own doing. Correct. So, who will replace Urban Meyer? Daryl Bevel, a noted loser, Daryl Bevel, Super Bowl champion and loser. Hi, it's an Urban Meyer joke. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, Daryl Bevel is the interim head coach. Probably should have been the interim head coach for like the last six weeks. I'm going to give you a list of people, and you tell me it, it, who would be a better head coach, Ur- Urban Meyer or this person. Pete Prisco. Mm, I I'll say Pete. I don't want to really give him credit, but I'll say Pete. Bernie Lomax. <laughs> Bernie did like dead Bernie like, like weak. Fine, Bernie Lomax. Exactly. I mean, Urban, Urban has Urban's a three-time national champion, and he couldn't last 15 weeks with the Jaguars, with despite being given tons of cap space, tons of draft picks, Trevor Lawrence, and free run of the building to hire and do whatever he wanted. He couldn't last 15 weeks. It's insane. But yes, Bernie Lomax. Um, I just want to get that joke off. Okay, go ahead. That's fine. Do you know that, uh, you know, that, you know, the scene where have we talked about this, the scene where Bernie Lomax, uh, where they put Bernie in the car and they go flying off the, uh, the dock. They were flying. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That was uh, actually filmed in Wrightsville right by my, uh, How about that? Yeah. by the way, quick story and quick plug for uh, another uh, subsequent pick six podcast coming up. I, I spoke with Carlos Alas Rocky from Reno 911. Huge sports Wait, fan. Wait, what? Yeah, we Debo cut you out. He didn't want you to have anything it's to do fine. with it. Oh, I love Reno 911, and, and Car- he was awesome. He's a huge sports guy. And one of his favorite quotes <laughs> the movie's coming out on Paramount Plus. I know, look, I know. Yeah, but one of his days of Reno 911. I know, I've seen it. One of his favorite quotes, by the way, movie quotes ever. I saw him tweet about this, and he actually, hopefully, Debo can cut it and we can use it as a clip. That would be fantastic. No business. No business being out there. From Parenthood. No Clint Howard from No, from, uh, we talk about this all the time. From what, what, Parenthood, Little League, Steve Martin's son drops a fly ball. Oh, oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of his favorites. All right, there you go. Sorry, didn't that didn't land? No, okay. no, I didn't. I thought, I thought I actually told no you. business. You just go along with it, I guess. All right, fair enough. Maybe so. Um, we need to get to a possible replacement for Urban Meyer. Who better than Byron Leftwich? I mean, that would save. I know you can't hire him now. You can in a few yeah, weeks. You can, but right in a few here. weeks you can talk about it. I think. I think a few weeks you can. The, the, it's open season as opposed to having to be after the. After yeah, they the, changed the rules. I'm just saying you can't like. Not right. He's now, not going right. to leave the Buccaneers. Bruce Arians is his guy. He's not bolting the Bucks for uh, to to try and shore up the Jaguars midseason. The Jaguars season is over, but Byron Leftwich has been a hot coaching candidate for a long time. He was drafted in the first round, obviously, coming out of Marshall by the Jaguars. One of, I mean, 
I mean, if you're looking at modern Jaguars history. By the way, Breach is watching, I suppose. He says Jackson interview candidates starting on December 28th. He's watching and, and like he's lurking like the weirdo that he is. He can't join the podcast. Sure. God forbid you jump on the podcast. Breach. He's actually working on the newsletter. Okay. Is he, is he commenting in Slack or is he commenting on? Oh, there he is. Um, oh, if Wilson and Brinson were hired to co-coach the Jaguars, who would get fired first? Oh, Brinson. Yeah. No, no, that's not true. You would throw me under the bus and I would get fired. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. I would do more stuff that was fireable right. and you would... Take um, responsibility for it and get fired. Right, right. But you would be less uh, office like power play. I would have 100%. way more Game of Thrones. I'd be like working on game plans and you'd be scheming behind my back to get I'd be like, fired. I'd be like, I'm in my office like 17 with Sean Khan. <laughs> right. Oh exactly. my God, you won't believe what Wilson did today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sean would be like, well, I guess we got to fire this guy. <laughs> yeah, we question, really man. do, Sean. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, kick Breach off the podcast. Just let him ask questions through the live chat. See, that's a pretty good question. Uh, that's way better than his normal uh, in podcast questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, Byron Leftwich, former first round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, how about that? Uh, and under the an under the radar coaching candidate in terms of how much attention he gets as a possible coaching candidate. And I understand that, you know, more success now because he was in Arizona with uh Bruce Arians. Yep. And that ended eh, not not great. Bruce, I think Bruce. Bruce technically retired from Arizona again, right? I don't think Bruce has ever been fired. He's only he's been, he's retired seventeen times, never never fired. Uh, but uh, Leftwich goes goes to Tampa Bay with Bruce, works you know and is is well thought of, but I don't think has seen his star rise as much as it should relative to winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> Maybe that's because you're working with Tom Brady, I guess. But um, I I think that. Arian, I, think, I mean, you I know, think it's Arians like is, a one-year deal with like I think Leftwich is sort of coming on the scene because Eric Bieniemy was the sort of the minority candidate that had been the front runner, and then now that that line is getting a little clogged. So I think that um, Byron has sort of just come on the scene relatively recently. But that I mean, the, like the last sort of coaching cycle. I don't and, think he, and maybe it's me like spending way too much time with Pete Prisco, which is certainly a problem. He loves loves uh, Leftwich. Has yeah. said that he has said for the last at least five plus years that Leftwich will be a head coaching candidate and. You know, it's one of those things where if you're Jacksonville and you're Shad Khan and this disaster has just unfolded under your watch, and again, we can't stress this enough. As Wilson said, maybe the worst head coaching hire in... Not maybe. I mean, not ever, right? Give me one. I, I got I got nothing that's worse. Yeah, so with the worst head coaching hire in NFL history, despite the fact that you were coming off of, like... It's a series of poor coaching hires, a series of disasters, one blip on the radar, 2017 for the Jaguars. That was actually good. You haven't been good since either Leftwich was there. David Garrard was there. Like they haven't been good in a long time. They need, they need the, they need the alumni hire. It's the quint. It's a classic move in college. You're struggling. You're down in your luck. You can't bring anyone else in. Well, who do you go? You go find the most famous alum out there. And you bring him in to save the day. And then Sidney Lowe's in a red jacket, yada, yada, yada. And everyone's fired. Uh, but I do think that Byron Leftwich, a strong coaching candidate. More importantly, they need to figure out a way to... The Jaguars are like any struggling franchise. Ownership is a problem. And they need to figure out a way to get, the front, get a strong front office and a strong head coaching candidate. Get them in sync. Let them work. And, and don't mess with them. And I do believe that Byron Leftwich would be a good fit for that. Yeah, the whole alumni thing, I don't care about that. you got to get the right guy. And we talked about this on HQ 
I spent more time with you the last 24 hours than I spent with my family, but we were on HQ around 1 a.m. talking to Keem Darmish about this. And this this is going to be the most important decision in Shad Khan's professional career as the owner of the, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because he has bumbled each and every coach. I mean, you could argue that Doug Marone didn't do a terrible job. He got him to the AFC Championship game. I think I think it was 2017, the, 20, uh, the 2017 season. Oh, John Breach. Look John Breach joins us. 35 so, minutes into the emergency podcast. Yeah, Breach just finished his newsletter. You can read that on cbsports.com slash newsletters, I think. But Breach, let me ask you, is there a worse NFL coaching hire as someone who has been a fan of a team that has lost a lot of games than what Urban Meyer perpetrated uh, uh, upon the Jacksonville Jaguar fan base the last 10 months? You know, it's hard to find someone where there's a combination because we've seen like bad hires, maybe people who aren't qualified. Uh, as a Bengals fan, I could point out Dave Shaw in 1992, who from a technical standpoint was not a good coach or probably qualified to be a coach. But that's a different thing than hiring someone who just burns everything down and goes through 25 controversies and has you know, 12 red flags within the first six months. I mean, you hire a, a racist strength coordinator that is one of your first moves. That's, that's a bit of a red flag out of the gate. Yeah, right out of the <laughs> gate. So, I mean, that's ugly. I would say the only one that even remotely is in the same league, but is probably not as bad as Bobby Petrino. Uh, but, but, and here's the thing, with, and I agree with that, but the thing with Petrino is, remember, Petrino took the, the Falcons job under the idea that Michael Vick, would he was getting to coach Michael Vick, and then Michael Vick got arrested on federal uh, charges of, of dogfighting ring, running right, a dogfighting ring, and went to jail. to react to adversity than uh, dipping out on everyone. And, you know, leaving a note in, in the locker room saying, hey, guys, I'm peace out. I'm going to Arkansas. Um, yeah. Petrino's exit is probably worse. But the overall tenure, I mean, I don't think it's worse. more games in Urban. I don't think it's worse because we talked about this before you came on, Breach. Urban Meyer would have left for a college job. It feels like had one been available, uh, available I mean, I to him. sort of reported that, actually. <laughs> but um, here, here's something. I, so I, I was searching while you guys were talking. And this is from Yard Barker that came out a few weeks ago in terms of the top 10 that's, yeah, I mean, credit, credit to them for, for digging up this nugget. So uh, in 1990, uh, head coach Rod Russ, who I'd never heard of, coached the Patriots. They they started 1-1, one one, then went 1-15, lost their final 14 games. 11 of those games they lost by double digits. They're, what do you think their their uh, point differential was at the end of the year for the 16-game schedule? 1-15, 11, 11 games. Yeah. Negative 300. Uh, yeah, negative 301. Negative 265. Urban Meyer is worse than, than, than Rod Rust. But again, like even, I mean, there are, if you take like the worst coach, you know, the worst coach we ever see, like Hugh Jackson's tenure in Cleveland, even with the wins and losses, it's not as bad as Urban because Urban had a resume that said he would be a good coach and, and he showed up and was a disaster. So he had success at Oakland when Carson Palmer was there. They had, you know, well, he did. He they did. went eight and eight. I mean, they traded Meyer, two first round picks for Carson Palmer. After if Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer went eight and eight, he would consider that, a, you know, he, that, if the Jaguars we, went eight and eight this year or eight and nine or eight and 19 this by year. By the way, I'm, I'm pretty when, sure. When Petrino quit when he resigned Mike Zimmer was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons that year and his quote was that guy's a gutless bastard (laughs) I don't give a crap except he didn't say crap he said the worst word and then uh, a reporter told him hey man I don't know if we can use those words in print 
And Zimmer said, okay, how about this? He's a gutless MFer. You can use that. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that is a great on-the-record quote of one coach talking about another coach. I mean, that's crazy to hear someone be that honest. Imagine how old, how long ago where you couldn't use bastard in, in print. Uh, in like, print you know, yeah. it's like, you could, the S word is fine. AP is like fine with the S word as long as there's a quote. Um, so, Breach, uh, Prince and I were talking. Byron Leftwich was the first name that we discussed as the potential. Well, we ruled out Bernie Lomax, and we've moved on to Byron Leftwich. I don't know if Breach does. Do you know Bernie Lomax, Breach? Uh, is that the name of the guy in, in yes. the dead guy? Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. And we, he's also in Weekend at Bernie's, too. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Somehow. Like, isn't there a former NFL quarterback named Lomax? Neil, like, Neil that, Lomax. Is, is Neil Lomax. Guy? I was like, no, that's not him. He's the Neil Lomax played for the St. Louis Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, that's Bernie. Bernie Kozar is actually in Weekend at Bernie's 3. Because um, our Neil Lomax. So who's your who's your top candidate, Breach? Oh yeah, Neil Lomax, you're right. I think you know, obviously Eric Bieniemy is going to be interesting because you know there was a lot of where he should have gotten a job last year, and he's probably thinking his lucky stars that there's a few. You know, the Jets that would have been you ruin your career if you go to the Jets yeah. because if they stink, you're not probably not getting another coaching job. And this one makes a lot more sense to him because they have a potential franchise quarterback. I, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence can still be really, really good. And and Urban Meyer just wrecked him. It just seems like they were butting heads all the time. Uh, so my top three would be Biennemi, Josh Daniels, and Kellen Moore. Oh, Those Kellen are, Moore. Interesting. So I don't think that you go – I mean, I think that there is a natural public relations and, and media relations spend to this in terms of how – Shad Khan will act even like I look clearly this guy is not going to act in the in the best like he's not going to be a cold-blooded foot best interest of football decision-making guy he's going to try and uh, he made such a bad move with Urban he has to win back some of the fan base and it's sort of get a pot like I think I mean Eric if you if you're the guy who finally hires Eric Bieniemy or you bring in Byron Leftwich who the former Jaguars player I think you get you know you get bonus media points does that make sense yeah, but that at the end of the day, that ain't that ain't the you got to win football games. You, you're wasting Trevor Lawrence, for sure. But you you got to get an offense. Well, see, you always go always go ex girlfriend theory. You do go defensive guy after the offensive guy. But maybe Urban's just a hey. Brandon Staley is my yeah. I have a crush on Brandon Staley. He's a defensive guy, and he <laughs> seems to get it. Defensive guys are fine. I think you go, but he's a young defensive guy who had never been a head coach, and he knew he's like, I don't want to deal with the offense. I'm just going to bring in someone smart and let them do everything. Right. And that's so, right. If, the, if the defensive coach does that, then that's good. I actually think, and obviously, this name is—I don't know if this name would be on the list if we had somebody else producing the podcast. But Doug Peterson is I, yeah. not a crazy idea. Like, not in Doug, the least. Doug Peterson is. First of all, he's won a Super Bowl. He's not going to call everybody losers. He's not going to get, he's going to fly home with the team every time. And he's going to raise the floor. Like I would, if I, I am, I am not, I'm not even a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I just believe that he's one of the four best offensive or four best quarterback prospects in the last 25 years or 30 years. That's or not, whenever, that's right. That's not crazy. Whatever since Elway was came on. And so I want Trevor Lawrence to be good. So if I'm thinking of candidates who would make me feel comfortable that they won't destroy Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson's up there. Like hey, I, feel com- I feel comfortable that Doug Peterson would help to uh, push uh, Trevor Lawrence forward in his progression as a quarterback. Debo, what what are the blind Wait, who spots? would Brinson push? Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good one too. And Byron Leftwich as well. I would be I would be okay with. But he, we know we have 
empirical evidence of Doug Peterson operating as an NFL head coach. I actually think he would level. be the most interesting candidate because it's not many times you can go out and hire a Super Bowl winning, co- you know, like, oh, Urban Meyer had all this college credibility, which is one thing because that doesn't always translate to it actually rarely translates to the NFL. It didn't clearly didn't but a Super Bowl winner who presumably is still a good coach and just left his team on bad terms because he didn't like the front office. That would seem enticing to me if I'm Jacksonville. So, Debo, what are the blind spots that end up getting Doug Peterson fired? Was that more a function of the front office and Howie, or was that something that he wasn't doing that he was doing when Frank Reich was there? I think it's what Breach just said. He didn't necessarily like the direction of some of the front office, and I think it was not 50-50, but almost as much Doug kind of wanting out as as the Eagles firing him. I think it was clearly not 100% mutual, but I think it was probably close to it. God, you know, you know, calling him Doug. Oh, in my uh, we, we, get an, we get another Doug in Jacksonville after our last Doug. Oh, they can't go. They can't go two out of three Dougs. Can they hire? Can they hire Doug from Nickelodeon to be their head coach? They can Doug. Can Doug Peterson have success without Frank Reich? You think? Yeah, he was <laughs> a successful. Co- I just think everything that went wrong last year that could have went wrong did. If he's the Eagles' coach right now, I feel very confident that they're much more firm in playoff positioning and, and Jalen Hurts is further along developed than he is with Nick Sirianni. I, yeah, I mean, I think to Debo's point about the Eagles, you look at life post Andy Reid and there is a lot of, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like Game of Thrones in that front office with Howie and how he just, I think that's just how he's, how, how he operates. Hey, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather have Doug Peterson or Josh McDaniels? If you're the Jaguars. Just if those two are the they're like offensive that's mind, a good, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I mean, with some experience as head coaches already, I think it's like, would you rather have? Like, what's your risk? To, what's your risk tolerance? You Which know? one are you talking about being risky? <laughs> Josh McDaniels. Like, okay, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Josh McDaniels doesn't have that. You know, like we saw what he did with the Broncos. He did what Urban Meyer did almost, where he brought Tim Tebow in. <laughs> he I was he like, oh. Tim Tebow in the first. Round. He's like, oh, you know what? This guy was good in college. I can make him a good NFL quarter because I'm so good at my job. And you know, Wilson, you always talk about guys who are great at their job as coordinators, but you bump them up, and all of a sudden they can't handle it anymore. And I'm not saying McDaniels is there yet, but I would be very iffy. I, mean, I would I would probably take Peterson over. over. I, it has been, it, it's been 10 years, by the way, since he was in Denver. That's how long it's been. So maybe he's changed. Uh, and then he quit the oh, Colts job before he even took years. it. What? Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. another name on the list, Matt Eberfluss, uh, is, is, uh, is actually Josh – was hired by Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis – Left his job, what goes to Indy to be the DC is hired. Josh bails on it and he stays. He's worked with Frank Reich yeah. since then. He would be an interesting name to, to think about. Um, I almost think that you're better off not going with a quote unquote big name in, in Jacksonville. Like, the, well, let me throw one, one more out there because he's my guy and I, I advocate for him nonstop. Uh, 97 back to back years, Jim Caldwell. Sure. In his mid 60s, but Dan Orlovsky, who played for him in Detroit, um, Cannot say enough great things about him. And he's an offensive, he's a quarterback, obviously. Cobble's an offensive guy. He relates well to, to his players. You have yet to hear anyone sort of uh, say any anything anything um, disrespectful or in terms of how he treated them. Now, look, like every single coach, not named Bill Belichick, fans will be angry about in-game decisions. Sure. And you have to balance sort of a decent human being making people better with, okay, please hire someone to do the clock management. 
So as someone in their mid sixties, I don't think he's a long-term answer, but maybe he's a, he's sort of like a bridge quarterback. Maybe he's a, the bridge coach. What about Jason Garrett? Well, no, Ooh. stop it. He's going well, to do. Well, if you're going to think about Jim Caldwell, you've already hired. Um... If you're going to think about Jim Caldwell, why not Marvin Lewis? <laughs> no, I feel like Jim Caldwell. He turned around a, an organization yeah, that was in true. the toilet for 15 years and took him to the playoffs seven times. And, and sure, you know better than me, Breach, but his players seemed to like him, right? If you it, players loved him until yeah. like the last two years when things started to fall apart. But if you told Jacksonville fans that, hey, you won't want a playoff game, but you'll go to the playoffs seven times in the next <laughs> 10 years, I think they would all take it. Hey, they look, might, they had, might get he, tired of it after the fourth or fifth trip, but I, I think you're thrilled every time you make it. He had a lot of success with, with Carson Palmer, and you could argue that Trevor Lawrence certainly has a chance to be better and than that Carson. And that was a number one overall pick. Same yeah. thing, franchise quarterback. And what he did, he brought in a smart offensive coordinator every time. You know, they had Jay Gruden, who was there for a few years before he got hired in Washington. Hugh Jackson, we always make fun of his head coach, but he was a great offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, well, and, and to your point, Breach, I think that, Maybe here's the maybe the model for Jacksonville to follow is Washington. And I get that Washington is still a, a, a mess, but Ron Rivera came in there and great dude. Yeah, like I like nobody thinks Ron Rivera is gonna turn Washington into a you know a a, a power powerhouse team. They might they get a quarterback, they might maybe eventually, right? But he he raised the floor very quickly just because he's a competent professional head coach. And who knows how to be a head coach? And that's where the Jim Caldwell and I mean quasi joking, but Jason Garrett's the Marvin Lewis has come in. No, they're not these like sexy, splashy names. You know, you're not. It's not Kellen Moore. It's not you know. I mean, not that Brian Dayball. Maybe he's off that list. I mean, Doug Peterson again qualifies as well. They're going to come in and bring a sense of professionalism to an organization that hasn't had it in in quite a while. I mean, remember, so Mike Malarkey was he hired by the Jaguars by Sean yeah. Conn? He was there for one uh, year, I, right? I think so. I think Shaq Khan was that was part of his tenure. Gus Bradley, who they let stick around for far too long, yeah. hired basically because the Seahawks were good on defense. Um, Gus, great guy. Walking by the way, which may which may mean that Dan Quinn probably may not be in the mix because they're from the they're from the similar coaching tree. I think, right? Yeah, but Dan Quinn has had success. Dan Quinn would qualify along with the the Caldwells. The like. Not that exciting of a hire, but he's going to improve the floor of your organization immediately. And that the Jaguars floor is like whatever the opposite of the ceiling is the roof. The Jaguars floor is 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 the toilet. You know, I mean, like they, they and need we are to, currently there. Yeah. And they're in the toilet right now. Um, but so Gus Bradley hung around for four years too long. Great dude, but not a good head coach. Clearly, Doug Marone, remember, sort of pulled the Jason Garrett on Wade Phillips move because he would take left. Remember, he exercised his option to he quit his job as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills and went to be the offensive line coach for the Jaguars. An unprecedented move. Hung around there for like two years. Gus Bradley gets fired. Doug Marone takes over for a long time. Um, and then Urban replaced Doug Marone. These are not. And also, like, you know, it's one of those things where somebody's complaining about their problems all the time. You're like, well, maybe you're the problem. And that's kind of with Shad Khan where. You've been there 10 years. You have only had one winning season that time. This is the fifth coach you fired. So that tells me is that whatever you've been doing with your past coaching hires, you need to figure out something else out because you're not doing this right. So it's, it's, uh, it's the Seinfeld episode. It's like, look, <laughs> what does he eat? Is uh, is is like tuna, tuna on toast. You eat tuna on toast every day for lunch. And what happens? Everything's bad. So here's an idea. Do the opposite of what you would normally do. 
Just and, try and, the complete opposite. Uh, yeah, and, and the funny thing is that uh, Khan bought the team in November 2011, and the coach at the time was Jack Del Rio, and then Del right. Rio was out. And Del Rio, his last two seasons there went eight and eight and five and eleven. Uh, guess how many times they've gone better than five and eleven once. since Del Rio left? 2017. Once. Exactly. So it's like you get rid of probably your best coach because you want to bring in your own guy. And uh, coincidentally, the first coach you hired was Mike Malarkey, who was one and done, like Urban Meyer. There aren't many one and done coaches. The Jags have had two in the past nine years. I mean, that's just insanity. Isn't it? Wasn't it Coughlin, Del Rio, and then? Yeah, the, the Jaguars had two coaches for the first, uh, what, 16 years of right. their – they had two coaches two. the entire time. And look, Wayne Weaver didn't – And now they're going to have two just this year alone with yeah. – with, uh, And they, they were successful and, early on in their expansion yeah, well, process. Tom Coughlin was a great coach for the Jaguars. Mark and Linnell, he rated Pete Frisco yeah. publicly all the time. So you got that and, and Pete, by the way, will tell you that, but he also said he respected Coughlin, and Coughlin respected his players. Pete And uh, Pete, like, Pete has some incredible Coughlin stories, like – his brother waking him up, banging on the door. He's like, yo. He's like, what? What do you want? He's like, uh, Tom Coughlin's on calling the house. Friend. He's got mm. a problem with what you Old school. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can hire Bobby Petrino, too, by the way. He's available. He is available. I think it's surely he's coaching somewhere, right? Uh, who knows? He is the uh, oh, he's, uh, he's the Missouri State University head coach. Again, and we talked about this earlier, Breach, uh, that might be the path that Urban has to take if he wants to continue coaching because he's not going to get a, a high-profile job. I, uh, I mean, we saw, you know who else did that? Rich Rodriguez. And you know where he's the coach right now? Jacksonville uh, State in oh, Alabama. Right. My wife's you, you all right. That's the only reason I know coach, that. You could hire Coach Prime if you're the Jaguars. Uh, coach Prime would, would be – I think the players would like him. That's the funny thing. I don't know. I'm going to – I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was say, I just I don't know that he's ready to be an NFL coach, but I think uh, the players would respect him right away. Yeah, I think Debo wants us to make some predictions about who ends up being the coach. But I want to say quickly where I think Urban Meyer will land. He will be the next head coach of Hanover College, <laughs> where Breach set all sorts of records that no one can find. That's my prediction. Oh! Ohio guy at Hanover. We have a lot of success there. <laughs> right. Uh, my prediction for who the Jaguars will hire in the twenty twenty two. For the 2022 NFL season, Jacksonville legend, former first-round pick, budding coaching candidate, mentored under Bruce Arians, the one, the only, Byron Leftwich, as his players carry him off the field in the bowl game. I like that. Oh, I remember that? Broke his I leg. Like yeah. I'll say, I think, I think Leftwich is the layup here, and I think Leftwich would take the opportunity. And frankly, we had this job ranked really high last year. Because you're getting Trevor Lawrence and you have a ton of cap space and, and you, you're going to get, if you're not a total b-hole, you're going to get to work there for a long time. So Breach, you can go ahead if you want. Who you got, Wilson? I'll let Breach go ahead. I'm going to look something real quick. Uh, you know what's funny is that the enemy was Wilson's, such... Wilson's confirming that Jim Caldwell's not employed right now. <laughs> <laughs> One the second. enemy was such a hot candidate last year and, and now this year the Chiefs offense just hasn't looked very good. And... You know, that's an interest. I don't know if that's going to knock him down the rung of, uh, you know, the amount of interviews he's going to get in the offseason. Um, but you know what? I am going to go Josh McDaniels. Because mm. I think this is one of those jobs. I, I still can't believe, you know, Indy made sense because he wants a franchise quarterback there. And of course, he doesn't take an injury luck, retires. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to retire next August. So uh, <laughs> well, I think and- that. 
And it it doesn't look like Belichick is suddenly Belichick's not going anywhere. You know, right now he, he Belichick's thinking I have my franchise quarterback in place. I've got this great defense. I can win. I can keep winning this division. And Josh, you can go to Jacksonville. We're not in the same division. We'll only see each other once every few years, and that works. And that, that's what I think McDaniel's wants. He wants the franchise quarterback in place. He wants an offense he can build around. Then he'll bring in, uh, you know, one of his ex Patriots lackeys to be the defensive coordinator. Um. I'm going to go with Adam Gase. I'm not going to go. Down. <laughs> um, Don't I, I hang mean, up. What am I on that? I mentioned, by the way, that he was one of the winners for each in, in light of this. Because <laughs> he doesn't look so horrible anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Freddie Kitchens, by the way, an, another one. Um, I think I'm going to go like I, I, lo- I love the Byron Leftwich thing. I think Josh McDaniels, I'd be a little concerned about the history. But maybe he's turned over to Leaf, including the the cult stuff, which was more recent, of course. Um I like the idea of Eric Bieniemy if he fills the needs of what they're looking for, and I would implore Shad Khan to hire a consulting firm. Don't do this by yourself because you've shown it's like you're trying to, to fly the space shuttle and you keep driving it into the moon. They just have the astronauts fly the space shuttle. You can't do it. Like he's trying to be the pilot. He, he's not. No, it's like you're trying to fly a space shuttle and you hired a four year old because he drew up a power wheels down the driveway once. <laughs> it, fair enough. Whatever it breaches by the analogies that that works. I, I'm, I'm going to go with like somebody flying a space shuttle into the moon. <laughs> straight. <laughs> it, can, <laughs> How did I it? Oh. it can happen. Um, I'm going to go with with Doug Peterson. Uh, I think uh, another opportunity to call him Doug. Depot gave him a, a resounding thumbs up and a letter of recommendation that is glowing. And he didn't leave like he left on bad terms with the Eagles, but it never felt like it was his fault. Like the Mike McCarthy stuff when he was run out of town by Aaron Rodgers, you're like, oh, I can see some of that. Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's a jerk or whatever, but it wasn't like Mike McCarthy was doing all the things he could have done to make that team better. And Mike McCarthy has resurfaced. He's having success in Dallas. I think that infrastructure in Dallas is clearly better than it is in Jacksonville. But as Prisco notes, the Jaguars have $70 million in cap space. They have a ton of draft picks. They have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they play in a state with no income tax. You can get people to come play there. You just need the right head coach. And I think Doug Peterson uh, uh, lends that credibility quickly. I think Byron Lovich would as well. Uh, but I, since he's already off the board, I'm going to go with, with with Dougie. Okay, there it is. Urban Meyer out as Jaguars coach. Who will replace him? Those are our picks. It's good. Maybe, yeah. Not exactly a high-profile franchise, but it's going to be fun to see who they replace him. It is it is legitimately hard to believe that all of this unfolded the way that it did. I mean, give us the 30 for 30, shoot it in my veins. And, and did you guys make fun of me for predicting over 18 months? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I have been wrong about things on this podcast before, but that is the most wrong I've ever been. So Thank I you, Brony. Uh, yeah, I'm going to own let that him, one. Let him keep going. I, I don't like <laughs> owning my mistakes, but I need, to, I need to shoot that one into my veins with, like, lead. That's I mean, you should know, it's definitely that's going to be the tiny pack. That's going to be the new tiny package. <laughs> I've been wrong about a lot of things, but that's the most wrong I've ever been. Go Tar Heels. The tiny package. Go Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs> if Breach were smart, he would have blamed all of us and called us losers for him predicting over 18 months. But he didn't. He didn't well, Brent, uh, Wilson, you baited me into it, you jerk. There we go. <laughs> I was going to say, show me your resume, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got to get out of here. We got a picture coming up live in 10 minutes. 1 p.m., me, P- Pete Briscoe, and R.J. White will be giving away, giving up, giving out our best bets for week 15 of the NFL season. For Ryan Finley Wilson, Reach Palooza, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.